Happy Bitcoin Sign Guy Day on this banging Wednesday afternoon. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Hello, you sexy sat stackers, and welcome to the latest episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. It is a, th- a thunderstormy, a stormy, a thunder banging Wednesday afternoon here in sunny, usually uh, Central Florida, East Central Florida. Today is Wednesday, July 12th, 2023, and that means it is DCA Wednesday. We have a lot to talk about. Before we get into all of that, a real quick look at the vital statistics. At the time of recording, we are sitting at a blockchain block height of 798,445, and Bitcoin is ringing in at a US dollar value of $30,345, or 3,295 sats per dollar pretty much exactly where it's been for the last month. Uh, we would popped above $30,000 on DCA Wednesday back on June 21st, and we've been there ever since. I guess it was more like June 14th. Uh, so about a month we've been above, above $30,000. Uh, and I said over and over again that $30,000 is one of those magic numbers. And if you're a transaction analysis kind of guy and you believe in things like support or resistance, $30,000. Those magic numbers certainly seem to offer strong support uh, and resistance as we've tried to get above 30,000 on a couple of occasions and we've had a few pullbacks, including one this morning uh, that have failed to drop below 30,000. But that's not what we're here to talk about. And along those lines, let's continue on to the vital statistics. We are currently 455 blocks away from the next halving. As you know, Bitcoin uh, cuts the minor award in half every 210,000 blocks. The next halving will occur on block 840,000, and that's currently estimated to take place on April 20th, 2024, significantly less than a month to go, correction, significantly less than a year to go. I'm a little distracted. There's a parrot screaming in the background. I don't know if you can hear him or if you'll be able to hear him after I apply a little bit of noise canceling because... I'm definitely going to have to filter out the thunder and lightning that's banging in the background as well. Uh, but if you can't hear that screeching, I apologize. Bitcoin's current market capitalization is ringing in at $589.5 billion, uh, about a little, about, well, 0.7 billion more than it was on the special episode we did on Sunday, and uh, almost $2 billion more than the last DCA Wednesday episode, despite the fact that the price has remained relatively constant, at least when you zoom out as far as uh, our weekly perspective goes, looking at the price only on Wednesdays, on DCA Wednesdays, certainly does tend to cut out a lot of that volatility. Uh, For example, this morning, Bitcoin had rallied all the way up to, well, it tried to punch through 31,000 before coming back down this afternoon. Uh, Volatility that you wouldn't know about if if you just zoom out a little bit like we do, Uh, focusing on our DCA stack on Wednesdays. For those of you who value your wealth in gold, it will currently cost you 15.8 ounces of shiny metal rocks to purchase just one Bitcoin, almost a full pound of gold to purchase just one Bitcoin. And for those of you who value your wealth in pizza, 
One Bitcoin will currently purchase you 1,697 large pepperoni pizzas from Papa John's. That's more than one large pizza a day for more than four years, which is uh, not too shabby. That's quite a bit of food security for just one Bitcoin. The mempool is looking a lot clearer than it was. On Sunday, we were uh, looking at about 52 blocks with the transactions pending in the mempool. And last DCA Wednesday, there were about 66 blocks with the transactions pending in the mempool. And that's currently down to about 32 blocks with the transactions. Uh, so it's nice to see that trending back down. Although estimated fees have ticked up just a little bit. The fee estimator on Clark Moody's dashboard is saying that if you want to guarantee your on-chain transaction is included in the next block, you need to include a fee of 20 sats per V-byte to do so. Uh, that's up from 12 sats per V-byte last week, but uh, I guess that was on Sunday and 16 last Wednesday. But uh, despite that, it's only going to cost you 11 sats per V-byte to guarantee that your transactions mined within a day. And if you can wait a couple of days, Clark Moody's dashboard is estimating that a two sat per V-byte transaction will be mined within a week. And that's the lowest we've ever seen it last week, it or not ever. That's the lowest we've seen it since the prices spiked most recently. Uh, last DCA Wednesday, for example, it was double that at four sats per V-byte for a transaction that could wait a week. Mempool.space is estimating that a high priority transaction should have a seven sat per V-byte fee and that works out to about 30 cents in US dollar terms. And that is not too shabby. A little bit higher than Sunday when they were estimating 21 cents per V-byte. Or correction, 21 cents for a transaction. But that's, you know, uh, that was on a weekend. And the uh, on-chain activity tends to be a little less on the weekend anyway. Uh, it's often cheaper to send your transactions on weekends. But I do want to point out that 30 cents is still significantly cheaper than you can mail a letter in the United States. It's certainly a lot cheaper than you can send a wire transfer or a Western Union MoneyGram. And for you merchants out there, it's even cheaper than you can process a credit card transaction. Uh, when I, well, I've used a variety of credit card processors. When I used First Data at the time, they were charging me 25 cents just to swipe your card and then 3% of whatever the transaction was. So. Uh, if you spent $100, that was going to cost me $0.25 cents to swipe your card and then another $3 in fees. Bitcoin is certainly a lot cheaper than that, even on chain. And of course, Lightning is practically free. So uh, obviously we know that Bitcoin is coming for Visa and MasterCard. They obsoleted them a long time ago. But sooner or later, uh, that's going to catch on like it has in El Salvador uh, as more and more merchants start adopting Bitcoin. That metric you know I like to pay attention to, Bitcoin's 24-hour on-chain transaction rate is down a little bit, even compared to Sunday when volumes are traditionally a little bit lower. Uh, we're currently averaging 5.17 transactions per second. Uh, that is a lot less than the 6.8 on Sunday, although I will, and that's a little bit less than the 5.59 last DCA Wednesday as well, I guess. Uh, but still well above the four transactions per second maximum you would have seen before uh, Taproot and the Ordinals and Inscriptions debacle. And one last statistic that we're gonna talk about, and that's the, we just had a mining difficulty adjustment uh, just, uh, well, less than a day ago. Uh, that was an upward difficulty adjustment. It got 6.4% more difficult to mine a Bitcoin. That is because as you remember, transactions were coming in at nine minutes and 21 seconds, significantly faster than the 10 minutes between transactions that Bitcoin is aimed at Bitcoin, the Bitcoin protocol aims for. Uh, we are about 1,907 blocks away, or exactly 
1,907 blocks away from the next mining difficulty adjustment. As you know, Bitcoin adjusts its mining difficulty every 2,016 blocks, which is theoretically about every two weeks uh, to try and maintain a 10-minute average. The next difficulty adjustment looks like it's going to be on Tuesday, July 25th. And depending where you get your data, well, this is kind of worthless information because literally we're only 109 blocks in to this difficulty epoch, but so it's way too early to tell. Uh, but at the uh, but I but nonetheless, the estimators I'm looking at are saying that's going to be a difficulty decrease of anywhere between 0.1 and 0.42 percent, because that uh, mining difficulty increase increased the average block time significantly from that nine minutes and 21 seconds up to 10 minutes and 26 seconds. Obviously, that is too fast. Uh, but you know that that number is going to change because anything can happen in the next two weeks as far as you know, the heat wave that had miners coming offline in Texas uh, and things like that, or just new miners coming online, new miners being released, uh, new companies getting into the mining space, maybe new countries getting into the mining space. There's some, spe some speculation that um, there is uh, another country that may be accumulating, that may be mining Bitcoin, maybe some more companies mining Bitcoin. They're waiting to uh, confirm some of those rumors based on uh, waiting for companies to come out with their quarterly reports to see if they really have been mining and accumulating Bitcoin. But there's a lot of speculation that there are companies out there mining Bitcoin, not just Bitcoining mining companies, but like mainstream Fortune 500 companies that would have nothing to do with Bitcoin per se. Uh, those are just rumors. But like I said, anything can happen to influence the hash rate in the next two weeks. Uh, but currently it's looking like there will be a mining difficulty decrease. Real quick, thank you to those of you listening on your favorite podcasting 2.0 apps. As I've mentioned, you can earn sats for listening on Fountain, for example, uh, as well as help support your favorite podcast through the value for value model by streaming sats on a minute per minute basis or by tipping your favorite podcast at a one time, you know, smash tip that is called a boost on Fountain, for example. Uh, we do have one boost I wanted to read, and that was Leggy boosted us 5000 sats for our last DCA Wednesday episode. I went over this uh, on Sunday. I wanted to go over it again today because Sunday was a special episode and Leggy probably would have been expecting the boost to be read on Wednesday. And Leggy, I still can't find your boost. Uh, it looks like, I mean, I, I see the, the, the 5,000 sats, but I don't see any message attached. And I checked just before we went on air again today. And that leads me to wonder, did you boost with Breeze or Fountain? Because I remember when you used to boost with Breeze, sometimes those got lost or, and or they were harder to see. And then when you started boosting on Fountain, of course, that that attaches your boost as a note, you know, and, and onto the show notes for each episode. Uh, and I can't find any text that boosts. So DM me on Twitter at BTC Bulletin Pod, email me at Bitcoin Bulletin at ProtonMail.com or let me know because I'm interested to know if you just sent a boost and no message or if that message is lost somewhere and I need to find it. Uh, and if it is lost, if it was boosted on Breeze or Fountain or some other way. Uh, that I need to learn how to uh, dig through so that I don't miss out on any other boosts that might be coming in. And speaking of our loyal listeners, the geographic distribution of listeners is exactly the same this week. Number one in the top 10 countries remains the United States with 53% of you listening from right here in the United States of America. Number two remains Argentina. So muchas gracias amigos in Argentina. Number three remains Germany. So, guten Abend, uh, mein Freunds in Deutschland. Uh, danke schön, danke für alles, mein Freunds in Deutschland. Number four remains Luxembourg, so also danke, or Morien for those of you who speak Luxembourgish. 
Number five remains Canada. So hello to our friends in America's attic, uh, the Great White North, both uh, uh, as Greg Foss likes to refer to Canada or Canada, as I sometimes uh, jokingly call it, our, our 51st state to the north. So hello and thank you to our friends in Canada for listening. Number six remains Spain. So muchas gracias amigos in Spain for listening. Number seven remains Venezuela. Again, muchas gracias amigos. And number eight remains Colombia. Once again, muchas gracias amigos in Colombia. Number nine remains Sweden. And I still don't know how to say hi or thank you in Swedish. Nobody's reached out with a boost to let me know or DM'd me on Twitter or even sent an email. So if you are listening from Sweden, you don't have to send me a boost to let me know how to say hi or thank you, but it would be cool if you did. You can go ahead and DM me on Twitter at BTC Bulletin Pod or shoot me an email at BitcoinBulletinProtonMail.com and please let me know how to say thank you and hello in Swedish or whatever language you speak uh, if you are in Sweden. And number 10, uh, once again, is Singapore for the second week in a row. Again, thank you to those of you in Sweden and Singapore. I apologize. I don't know how to say hello or thank you to those of you in Singapore either. So once again, reach out, uh, send us a boost, a DM or an email and let me know. Lurking down at number 11 still is Mexico. Uh, so they bumped France out of that top 10 pretty solidly. So if you are listening from France, uh, you know, hello, bonjour. Uh, thank you for listening from France, but you're, uh, you're falling behind. We must have lost a, a listener in France because, uh, well, maybe we just picked up more listeners in the United States. Either way, thank you to all of you, regardless of you where you're listening uh, from, even if your country is not in the top 10. Uh, if you want to help boost your country into the top 10, maybe encourage a friend or two to listen to the Bitcoin Bulletin podcast, and uh, we can increase your country's standing in the, risk, in the listener rankings. All right. As I've mentioned multiple times, $30,000 seems to be one of those magic numbers, and Bitcoin is still hovering in that $30,000 range. As I repeatedly said, this is kind of like 2019's $9,000, but without the Vegeta memes. Um, of course, you know, consider yourself lucky that Bitcoin is hovering around $30,000 because, you know, we're really coming up on the end of that accumulation phase. If history repeats or rhymes, we're looking at another major bull market, another major bull run, another euphoric phase, another blow off top, another all time high after that Bitcoin halving in 2024. So, um, for if you don't want to be one of those people that says, I wish I'd stacked more or I wish I'd bought when Bitcoin was only $30,000, well, congratulations. You still have time. I have no idea for how long. Nobody has a crystal ball. I don't know if Bitcoin will go up or down from here, but ultimately Bitcoin goes up and to the right. And $30,000 is a heck of a lot cheaper than when it eclipses the previous all-time high of $69,000. And speaking of previous all-time highs, today is Bitcoin sign day. For those of you who were around in 2017, you remember that at the time he was just Bitcoin sign guy, but now we know as Christian Langalis uh, was sitting behind Janet Yellen when she was chairman of the Federal Reserve at a meeting and scribbled down on a on a flow pad, on a steno pad, a legal pad, by Bitcoin and held it up behind Janet Yellen, probably thoroughly embarrassing Janet Yellen and cementing her hatred of Bitcoin, but becoming an absolute legend in the process. Obviously, Christian faced numerous consequences for what he did. Uh, it was later reported that um, it was later reported, however, that uh, he had resurfaced with his famous buy Bitcoin sign and a QR code with a Bitcoin address that ultimately received donations of 6.77 Bitcoin, which at the time was $15,700. Hopefully he has even more than that. 
But if he just held on to those six those six point seven seven Bitcoin that he got for holding up that buy Bitcoin sign behind Janet Yellen, uh, that would currently be worth two hundred five thousand four hundred and thirty five dollars. Not too bad of a payday just for holding up a sign. So even if it cost him an internship, I'm sure he's doing just fine. And also uh, there was news. I think it was in 2020. So three years later that he had a couple other big projects uh, that he was still in the Bitcoin space. So shout out to you, Christian, if you're out there somewhere, Bitcoin sign guy. And thank you for thank you for being a trailblazing meme uh, in Bitcoin adoption. One of the coolest, one of the coolest, most in your face, most Bitcoin things that Bitcoiners have done. You know, you see a lot of buy Bitcoin bumper stickers out there or Bitcoin projected on various Federal Reserve Bank's various central banks around the world, but uh, nobody had the cojones that Christian uh, demonstrated when he held that sign up behind Janet Yellen. All right. Probably the biggest quote-unquote financial news impacting Bitcoin today is the CPI numbers. You know, it was Mark Twain that said there are three kinds of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. And CPI numbers are certainly BS. But today the CPI numbers were released and the headlines are cooling inflation has economists debating a second Fed rate hike. Yahoo Finance is reporting Wednesday's consumer price index report brought welcome news for U.S. consumers. Prices in June rose at their slowest annual pace since March 2021. So congratulations, consumers. If you you believe their BS statistics, your groceries got more expensive more slowly than they have since 2021. Uh, officially, they're reporting that core inflation, which strips out the more volatile cost of food and gas, you know, things you can't live without, climbed by 4.8% over the last year. The increase is lower than the 5% economists had expected, but starkly above the Fed's 2% goal. That sentence is just idiotic and multiple for multiple reasons, not the least of which is there should be no 2% inflation goal. You know, Only a Keynesian could think that by stealing 2% of the value of your savings every year, uh, that that was a good thing, that that should be their goal, that you should get 2% poorer every year. And that's a sign of a great economy. But also, uh, 4.8% is obviously a BS statistic. I was at the grocery store just the other day, and a three-pack of store-brand skinless chicken breasts was $16. A year ago, a family pack of chicken breasts, which works out to about six or seven chicken breasts, was less than $10. So from about $9 to $16 for half the chicken. So uh, the equivalent of basically $32 uh, for what you would have purchased for $9. That is triple. That is 300%. If you don't have a calculator or you're just really bad with math, you know, like apparently economists are, Keynesians are, because Uh, If you believe that your chicken only got 5% more expensive, 5% of $10 is 50 cents, right? Am I doing my math right now? So yeah, 5% of $100 would be $5. 5% of $10 would be 50 cents. So that $9 chicken should be $9.50 chicken, not $32 chicken. Um, But hey, that's why we're in Bitcoin, right? Because we know it's BS. We know Keynesian economics is a fraud. It's a scam. It It is a billionaire bankers club, get rich and stay rich and keep you poor scheme. That's why we're Bitcoiners. And speaking of FUD and scams, I did a really, I did a special uh, Bitcoin bulletin episode on Sunday, not necessarily a weekend update episode, but it was inspired by a FUD article that was in Fox Business. If you haven't listened to the episode, uh, they basically wrote an article about Tom Brady losing money because of the FTX scam, but it wasn't the content of the article that 
um, that I was interested in. It was the comments, the normies in the bottom, the comments in the bottom that indicated that we are early, that just the fundamental dis misunderstanding of Bitcoin, the fundamental misunderstanding of what FTX was, why FTX was a fraud, the fundamental misunderstanding of money, of just, you know, people assuming that gold is still based, you know, gold still backs the US dollar, that there's, you know, piles and piles of shiny yellow bars, Scrooge McDuck style sitting at Fort Knox somewhere, and that's what gives the US dollar its money, its monetary value, its, its value. Obviously, that hasn't been the case for more than 50 years, uh, but the normies are just completely ignorant of what money is, how it works. If you ask them what money is, they would say, well, it's this, and they'd pull out a paper, you know, a piece of paper that's green in the United States or blue in some other countries. Uh, that is as far as their understanding what money is goes. And if you haven't listened to Sunday's episode, uh, you can go ahead and pause here and, and catch back up after you listen to that, because I think I went on a fairly good rant about why why we're early. Uh, one of the other things that I spoke about on Sunday was that there was a Reddit post that that uh, I had been reminded of that somebody wrote back in September of 2022 uh, that they were that they were wanting to DCA just $20 a week and that they were wondering if it was even worth it, if they were too late, basically. And um, obviously, we DCA $20 a week. That's what this whole Bitcoin Bulletin podcast has been about for the last two years. Uh, so we get it. Uh, and I went over the, that if they had started DCAing just $20 a week when they made that Reddit post, they would have stacked $880. Of course, that would be $900 now because, you know, it's another Wednesday. That $880 would have bought them a stack of more than 4 million sats worth more than $1,200 uh, at an average cost of $22,459 per Bitcoin. Uh, so I think that answered their question. Hopefully they're out there stacking. Maybe you're listening. If you are, that would be really flattering. It'd be really cool uh, to hear from you. All right. A couple of the other things I wanted to talk about was an interesting post I saw on Reddit. And it wasn't for the, again, it's one of those things that's not about the post. It's about the comments. Uh, and this one was on a post in Reddit, basically that they, it was just a generic post saying uh, they, were, they were ranting about the r slash investing subreddit. But the number one post on top of it uh, kind of reminded me of the Satoshi-esque post uh, where Satoshi said, if you don't have time or don't understand, if you don't have Bitcoin or don't get it, I don't have, I don't have time to, to change your mind, basically. I'm, I'm butchering a Satoshi quote, and I apologize for that. Um, but the quote on Reddit was, a bee doesn't waste his time explaining to a fly that honey is better than shit. I thought not only was that a really, uh, really smart, really genius way to sum it up, it was also kind of Satoshi-esque. So, um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, Fortune Magazine had a nice FUD article out there. Hold on, I just lost my place. Um, basically stating that enthusiasts are hopeful that a once-in-four-year event which rewrites the underlying code of the world's biggest cryptocurrency will extend the current market rally. Uh, the fundamental misunderstanding of exactly what Bitcoin is and what's about to happen and what's going on with Bitcoin in general was just astounding. Uh, it's it is a once in about four year event, not necessarily four years, but once every two hundred and ten thousand blocks. It, however, does not rewrite the underlying code. You morons at Fortune magazine, it is the underlying code. Uh, that the the minor reward gets cut in half every four years, uh, and that is that is what people are quote unquote hoping will extend the current market rally. Obviously. 
we're in an accumulation phase. We're in a sideways phase. We're in anything but a rally. Uh, so that market, that article just got everything they could possibly think of wrong, and uh, and that's that's what I wanted to uh, what I wanted. That's what brought, that's what brought my attention to it, and that's why I wanted to mention it. Obviously, you know from listening, or you know from being a Bitcoiner, or you know just because you've done your research that the miner award gets cut in half every four years, and that tends to be what corresponds to those four-year cycles where we set a new all-time high about six to 18 months after the halving. And of course, if history repeats or rhymes, we will see a new all-time high sometime in late 2024, early 2025. Uh, and that is what they were referring to. Another thing that a lot of podcasts were all abuzz about was, uh, was, uh, was an announcement that Bitcoin payments now have the power of, uh, they'll now have the power of, a, of, a, of or that, <laughs> I am. This is this has been a, this is a tongue twister for me. Kind of like uh, what is that? Seashells, seashells. She sells seashells by the seashore, or how now, brown cow? I have no idea. Why I have a hard time spitting that out. But basically, the new set of tools were released that allow AI applications to use Bitcoin to make Bitcoin payments. The tools were built on the L402 protocol and enable AI to hold, send, and receive Bitcoin via the Lightning Network. So that was one of those things that people are excited about. There might be a new use case for Bitcoin and or a new use case for AI. Um, that, um, you know, we're still early that this is something that, that, that it surprises people. But if you look at where we are in terms of Bitcoin adoption, Bitcoin progress, Bitcoin, um, the use cases for Bitcoin, and you look at where the internet was, you know, 12 or 15 years after the internet was invented, uh, you couldn't, you couldn't fathom things like Amazon or you know Netflix or or any of the things that we do on the internet today, Uber, for example, uh, and we can't fathom what, how Bitcoin is going to be used, other than the fact that we know Bitcoin is the soundest, uh, most incorruptible money ever invented. But things like AI being able to use Bitcoin, we have we have no idea uh, what kind of cool inventions are going to come along in the future that'll that'll increase use cases for Bitcoin. Another really cool article out there that I saw was basically talking about Bitcoin accumulation amongst us plebs, us uh, us minnows. And it was that since mid-June entities between, well, this isn't minnows, this is the big boys, but it's more accumulation. Since mid-June entities with between 10 and 10,000 Bitcoin have increased their exposure by over 70,000 Bitcoin. So people out there, small fries, fish, whales, uh, what have you, it's an accumulation phase and people are accumulating, taking advantage of of this sideways action before the next halving. Uh, I firmly believe that, you know, the institutional money out there, the the big players, they know by now that Bitcoin has four-year cycles, that those, those cycles revolve around the halving, that the halving's coming up. And that's why Grayscale, BlackRock, uh, Fidelity, Vanguard have all filed for ETFs because they want to be the first. They want to not only be the first, they want to be ready when the halving occurs. Previously, when we would see institutional interest or um, hype around, you know, non-Bitcoiner, non-Bitcoiners getting into Bitcoin or trying to ride the Bitcoin wave, it was after Bitcoin had set a new all-time high when there was when the when the bull run was exhausted, even that it was like, oh, everybody's piling into Bitcoin now, and I think they've learned that lesson and they want to be prepped in advance for the next bull run instead of getting in at the top. Uh, they know a new top is coming and they want to be in beforehand. Some positive news out there. Uh, banking giant Standard Chartered is uh, bullish on Bitcoin. And 
the uh, TLDR on that is they had predicted that Bitcoin will reach $50,000 this year and hit an all-time high in 2024, which is a no-brainer if you know anything about Bitcoin. Obviously, Bitcoin always sets a new all-time high after that halving, and the previous all-time was $60,000, so or $69,000. So if Bitcoin sets a new all-time high, that'll obviously be above $50,000. But it's cool to see another bank, another banking giant bullish on Bitcoin. All right, I digress. Um, oh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was that tweet by Christine Lagarde, where she tweeted out, we want you to have a say in what the future bet your future banknotes will look like. Take part in our survey and share your views on the shortlisted themes here. So basically, uh, Christine Lagarde wants you to you using the euro to think like to feel like you have a, some sort of say in your money and your monetary policy uh, because they're going to let you do things like change or choose vote on the color of your banknotes. And uh, as if to put the icing on the cake moments after she tweeted that the very system, the very website they set up to take that survey crashed because she followed up that tweet with, we are aware that the current, uh, we are aware that, that there are currently technical problems with accessing the online survey. We are working to resolve the issue. So please bear with us and apologize and apologize and apologies for the inconvenience. You know, if you want something screwed up, give it to the government, give it to a central bank, right? Uh, you know, if, if you remember when Obamacare first launched, the uh, the absolute debacle of the Obamacare website uh, was, uh, or even when El Salvador first introduced their Chiva wallet, when they first adopted Bitcoin, the Chiva wallet was kind of a debacle too, because it was a government written Bitcoin wallet instead of just adopting, you know, a uh, one of the one of the already in use Bitcoin wallets. Uh, they tried to do their own thing and governments are notoriously horrible about it. But the bigger point was, um, these elitist central bankers, these people that think they're better than you, that you're just one of the little people that they want you to live in your 15 minute city and your pod and eat your bugs. Uh, they, they're giving you the opportunity to feel important by letting you vote on what you think your new banknotes should look like. All the while moving to a CBDC where that's completely moot anyway. Maybe that's the point. They're getting ready to get rid of paper currency. And so since it doesn't matter anyway, they'll let you have a say. You little people, you plebs. All right. Enough ranting for today. Why are we here, really? We're here because it's Wednesday, and every Wednesday we do a DCA Wednesday episode. What is DCA, you might ask? Well, DCA is short for dollar cost averaging, and dollar cost averaging is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. For example, this is going to be our 103rd stack. We started stacking all the way back on Wednesday, July 28, 2021, just under two years ago. And in that time, we've stacked 102 times so far, converting a total of 2,040 filthy fiat dollars into Bitcoin, including $45.90 in fees. And that has scored us a stack of 7,079,928 sats at an average cost basis of $28,813.85. To add to that today, as usual, we're going to use the Cash App. Uh, again, the Cash App is not a sponsor of this podcast, but I've used it for every one of these stacks because I think it's the easiest way to stack Bitcoin, at least in small amounts. Obviously, they charge a fee for purchasing Bitcoin. So if you're going to stack larger amounts, do your own research, find an exchange or, a, or an app that, that meets your needs that you think is best for you. Uh, Cash App might not even be available where you're at, but we're going to use it. And one of the reasons why I like it so much is that they're going to let me transfer these sats immediately to my hardware wallet. They are not going to charge me to do so. So even though we're paying a little bit of a mining, a little bit of a, a fee for purchasing the Bitcoin, we're not going to pay a mining fee to transfer it. And that more than makes up for it in 
in my book, in my humble opinion. We're going to pay 45 cents uh, to, to purchase this Bitcoin, and we would pay 30 cents minimum to move it. So uh, basically, it's, it's a wash as far as I'm concerned. So I have Cash App open and tapping on Bitcoin, tapping buy. Hey, they have $20 as an option this time. Sometimes they don't. That mixes up how much they have. Maybe they're trying to make me... Uh, Maybe they're trying to induce variety, make me get out of my my routine and make me purchase more. Or maybe they finally learned the lesson because all I got to do is tap $20 this time and that's uh, refreshing. Hitting confirm. And boom, just like that, we purchased another 64,435 sats. And that is going to bring our stack up to 7,144,363 sats. And that's currently worth 2000 $167.63. So we're in the green. That's obviously more than the $2,060 that we've invested, even if you write off the fees. Uh, and wow, um, we're starting to increase that average cost basis a little more. That drove our average cost basis up by $70. Our average purchase price is now $28,833.92. Unfortunately, as Bitcoin gets more expensive, it's going to increase our average purchase price, but uh, it also means that our stack is more valuable. So it's a love-hate thing. And if Bitcoin goes to the moon one day, uh, that 7.1 million sat stack we have, even if we don't add to it at all, uh, will still be worth $71,443.63. That's a heck of a lot more than the $2,060 that we've converted. So, um you know, who knows where Bitcoin's going to be one day. All we know is the number's going up and to the right. And it'll certainly be eventually worth more than, than the uh, 28883 average basis, average cost basis we've accumulated. All right, well, that's it for today. For today. Again, real quick, I want to ask you to do me a favor by rating this podcast. That helps, uh, you know, the more activity we get, the more people rate the podcast, uh, the more likely other people are to see the podcast, the more likely we are to help orange pill other people. So, if you would be so kind as to give us a rating, a five-star rating would be awesome. Uh, or subscribe to us so that you get those automatic downloads. That helps promote the podcast as well. And uh, along those lines, if you are not already following us on Twitter, please follow us on Twitter at, at BTC Bulletin Pod. The more followers we get, again, the more people will be exposed to this podcast. The more people will be exposed to DCA. The more people we can help Orange Pill. I would like to hear from you and what you what you think about this podcast, what you like about the podcast, what you don't like about the podcast, what you might like to hear me talk about in the future. You can do that by DMing me at that at BTC Bulletin Pod Twitter address, or you can send me an email at BitcoinBulletin at ProtonMail.com. Either way, don't forget to join us next Wednesday and every Wednesday while we grow the stack together on our next DCA Wednesday episode. Uh, that will be moving in on two years that we've been doing this together. So thank you for listening. And until next time, keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers. <laughs>